the HD Movie Podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell. And I'm Hayley Alice Roberts. And we continue our trip into the dark side of movies, specifically the dark side of the werewolf movie. And we've got a very interesting one this week. It is 2005's Cursed, written by Kevin Williamson and directed by Wes Craven. How could it go wrong? We're just about to find out. Spooky movie time again, and this week we are continuing our series on werewolves with 2005's Cursed, a Miramax production which had the dream team of writer Kevin Williamson, director Wes Craven, a stellar cast. How could it go wrong? Oh, let me count the ways. I have to say this is one of the most disheartening movie experiences of my life, but we will get into it. First things first, here's a synopsis from IMDb from a user with an email address, so I'm not going to read that out in case they don't want their email address read out. So they're on IMDb if you want to look. Here goes. Ellie has been taking care of her younger brother Jimmy since their parents' death. One night after picking him up from a party, they're involved in a car accident on Mulholland Drive. While trying to rescue a woman from the other car, a creature attacks and kills her. Spoiler alert also injuring both Ellie and Jimmy. After some research, Jimmy realises the creature could only have been a werewolf. I mean, this plot is so thin on the ground, I think this person even struggled to kind of summarise it. (laughs) Yeah, there's not an awful lot you can say about this movie. It is a film that you can summarise in a couple of lines, and it's a bit of a shame, really, considering the talent involved in it. It really does go nowhere at all. And there are multiple reasons for the failure of this movie. Mostly because Miramax could not keep their hands off it. They had to keep faffing about with this movie. And it was pulled from pillar to post. It was reshot. It was recast. It was shot over a good two and a half years. With Wes Craven being tied up for most of that time. He 
didn't have a lot of great things to say about this movie. The editor, Patrick Lussier, who is Wes Craven's go-to editor, was editing this movie for, get this, 19 months. One guy spent 19 months editing the final cut of this movie. Apparently Patrick Lussier has got all the different versions of Cursed at his disposal, and I'm willing to bet that all the other versions were much better than the version that ended up in the cinema. And he's even said that they can't even assemble an original cut, the Wes Craven cut, so to speak, because they were so close to finishing the ending and basically the Weinsteins meddled in that and halted production when they were about to film the conclusion to the original draft of this movie. So it's honestly such a shame and I feel so sorry for everybody involved in this project. The cast that didn't make it, the cast that are in it, they're all fantastic actors with so much potential. So I first heard about this movie probably around its initial inception because I remember hearing that my horror dream team of Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson were teaming up again to rejuvenate the werewolf movie. And how exciting because we know what magic this collaboration can make together. And to see this now in hindsight with the passage of time it's one of those things where you feel like what could have been. Now, I remember watching this when it came out on DVD in 2005. I watched it once. I can't really remember much of it. When I was re-watching it last night for the purpose of this podcast, some scenes did kind of trigger some memory in my mind. But on the whole, this was pretty forgettable. But I don't recall it being as bad as it was. And this is just the definition of a really bad movie, but it's through no fault of people involved in it. It goes to show where the companies get involved and basically they hinder the creativity from the people who know what they're doing. This film actually caused genre fans to lose a lot of confidence in the mainstream side of horror movies because they just didn't trust the mainstream to do them well anymore and it's such a shame because this just could have been so amazing the script is awful the actors aren't really emoting their lines very well and I think that's probably because they were fed up by the point of this reshoot the reshoot that we got the CGI is god awful there's just nothing really positive I can say about this I don't find anybody in it particularly likable the whole plot is rushed you don't really get to know the characters, there's some homophobia in there that really hasn't aged well and it's played for laughs and it's not funny at all. And it actually centres on Milo Ventimiglia's character. Now, I love him. Like, I have a big crush on him. He couldn't even save this movie for me. Like, his character annoyed me in this. There's just nothing positive I have to say about this, sadly. Yeah, I can't bring any more light to this. I did not have a good time with this movie. I did watch it thinking was it so bad when I watched it the first time I think this must have just washed over the first time I watched it I'm pretty sure that if I'd have been paying attention to this I guess it was probably during a time when I was watching a lot of horror movies and this was very much aimed at the teen market and it was probably just a bit of fluff and I thought there we go I've watched these probably don't need to see it again but now knowing the history behind it and appreciating the talent quite a long way down the line, the talent behind the camera and in front of the camera, it's a real shame. 
that this movie turned out like it did because if they'd let Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson and the original cast do their own thing and trusted in the material, I think we would have got a much better movie than we ended up with. It was originally intended to be an R-rated movie. Eventually, they made lots and lots and lots of cuts to the violence, ended up a PG-13, doesn't help the movie at all. You do need a little bit of gore in movies like this. As to the CGI, originally, connection to last week's episode, Rick Baker, who did the effects for American Werewolf in London, was on board to do the effects in this movie, and he was fired when they did the reshoots in favour of crappy werewolf CGI. The CGI in this movie is terrible. It's not convincing. The werewolf transformations are a joke. They are absolutely appalling. They do nothing for this movie. Even some of the attack scenes were reshot. There's a certain attack in a garage, which is okay, but it's very tropey. And you kind of think it's a bit beneath Wes Craven to shoot a scene like this. Well, apparently, Wes Craven did not shoot a scene like this. They had a reshoot and somebody else was brought in to shoot the garage attack. It's not terrible, but it does feel out of place in the movie. Even the garage attack was cut because it had a fairly nasty piece of violence which never actually made it to the finished version. There are so many actors that were in the original version of this movie that didn't make it. Skeet Ulrich, for instance was a character in the original version of this movie. They shot it so many times that he had had enough and dropped out. You've got Mandy Moore, who was the opening victim. Not anymore, she isn't. Heather Langenkamp was in a small role. You had John C. McGinley, who was Jimmy's abusive dad. You had Ileana Douglas as the fortune teller. It's Portia de Rossi in the movie. You had um, Corey Feldman in the cast. He's not there anymore. Robert Forster was a detective. He's not there. James Brolin was Vince's billionaire father. He's not there. So you've got this raft of really good actors who were in the original cut of this movie and then fell by the wayside. So you've got a pretty good cast in this version of the movie, but you've also got a really good cast in the previous versions of the movie as well. In the current version of the movie, You've got Jesse Eisenberg, Christina Ricci. You've got Judy Greer. Great actors, fantastic actors, given next to nothing to do or to overact terribly. Judy Greer, I think Judy Greer is amazing. In this, I actually found Judy Greer annoying. It actually made me annoyed at Judy Greer in a movie. That's how special this movie is. Because I was thinking, fantastic, Judy Greer's turned up. Maybe... This is the point where I get the hook into this movie. I love Judy Gray. Not in this movie. No, she is so irritating in this movie. Spoiler alert, she's the villain. Well, she's one of two villains because this movie isn't content with having one villain. She's the one who is doing most of the werewolf murders up to a point. And she is awful in this movie. I'm sorry, Judy, you are awful in this movie. And it's not your fault. It's the clumsy way that this movie is put together. I am pretty sure that Wes Craven tried his best to make something of this movie. And if Wes Craven cannot make a decent job of what's there, you must know that you are working with some absolute shit. 
and the homophobia is extremely annoying and it doesn't fit and the payoff for all the homophobic slurs that you get in the movie is that the guy who is doing them, Milo Ventimiglia, he ends up, guess what, he's actually gay. And the reason he's chucking out all these homophobic epithets is that he's trying to cover up the fact that he is gay himself. Oh, great. What a fantastic resolution to that bit of plot. And at the end, that's just cast aside. It's like, well, you know, this guy, he's come out now, he's gay. Everything he did in the past, let's just forget about it because now he's a changed man. We can accept his gayness now because he's gone through this process of self-discovery. There's one line in it, is it, yay, go gay or something? It's like, yay, go gay. Oh, fuck this movie. It's a couple of decades ago, but I mean, Christ, even back then, surely this sort of stuff, did it pass across somebody's desk and they just thought, no, no, we can't have this at all. It's beyond just throwing in a couple of sort of slightly odd lines about people who might be gay. It's a through line in this movie. The first half of this movie is just high school kids calling each other gay for comedy effect. I was so fed up of the high school stuff in this movie. You don't want to wish apocalyptic events on high schools, but after 30, 35 minutes of just them going back to this high school, these characters having to go at Jesse Eisenberg, and, and the only reason that they can have a go at Jesse Eisenberg, he's a bit geeky, but oh no, because he's a bit geeky, oh, he must be gay. Yeah, he must be gay. It's like, oh, just fuck off. It was so disheartening is the word. Disheartening is a good word to describe this movie because there's nothing going on in the plot. You've got all these homophobic insults which don't work. They're not funny. They weren't funny then. They certainly are fucking funny now. And the story goes absolutely nowhere. If I can get bored watching Christina Ricci, that is a problem with this movie. How can you be bored watching Christina Ricci in a movie? If I watch Yellow Jackets, Christine Ritchie is amazing in Yellow Jackets. In this movie, I'm just thinking, get on with it, get to the end, because I am so bored with what I'm watching on the screen. It's not worthy of the talents of anybody in front or behind the camera. It's an absolute bin fire from start to finish. I was waiting for this rant. I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, I couldn't have said that better myself. The movie starts off in quite a nostalgic fashion for me because you've got Bowling for Soup, remember them? And I was thinking, oh, cool, this has just like transported me back to my teens. This is great. And you've got the kind of carnival atmosphere. It's going for a bit of a Lost Boys vibe. And it, you know, it gets into it. You've got the quirky fortune teller. You know, the, the dialogue isn't fantastic, but it's starting to establish itself. And then we get the homophobic slurs. And by that point, it just went so far down in my estimation. I thought, okay, if this is what we've begun with, how much worse is this going to get? And as we've said, this turned us off actors that we normally really like and have crushes on. I mean, this movie's definitely done something wrong if it puts me off Milo Ventimiglia and yourself off Judy Greer. I mean, how has this movie managed to do this? It's just diabolical. And as I said, I couldn't remember how bad it actually was and I think that when you think back to what could have been with the original cut of it Skeet Ulrich I mean what a loss I mean I bet he would have been fantastic in this 
And to have him teamed up back with the original screenwriter and director, that would have been such a treat. But there's only so much, I suppose, you can take. And I, I don't blame any any actor walking away from this project. And of course, Wes himself, once they started aiming for a PG-13 after he worked so hard to make this R-rated movie, he was done. You know, he's all out for the R-rating. But, oh, I just, just don't see the point of this movie. But I don't understand how going from the original cuts to what we get on screen, how that benefited the film in any way, because it's just a rush job. There's no heart to it. And the original story was allegedly centred around three strangers. So you had Skeet Ulrich's character, Christina Ritchie's character, and you had Jesse Eisenberg's character. And these three people were meant to be strangers involved in a car accident in the middle of nowhere, and then they're bound together by this supernatural experience that's just happened to them. And I think that sounds quite interesting. There's a lot of layers to that. There's a lot you can do with it. But what we actually then get is they make Christina Ritchie and Jesse Eisenberg's siblings in this, which does not really benefit the plot in any way. And they're basically a teenager and an older sister living in a house together. There's no atmosphere. There's no parents in it. We do understand the parents passed away, but there's no further details about that. Nobody's emoting anything. No, there's just no part to it. They're just kind of saying the lines and going with the script. And then, of course, you've got the plot where Christina Ritchie's love interest, who is played by Joshua Jackson, again, great actor. I really, really like Joshua Jackson in most things I've seen him in. But again, this, I was just quite stunned at how bad this all was. These are actors I really like. It's like, why have they been given this shit? It's, it's just the most, as I say, disheartening thing ever put to screen. Because as I say, I start watching this movie and I'm like, oh my gosh, seeing the cast list pop up. I'm thinking, oh my God, they're in it, they're in it. Oh, this is the perfect teen movie horror cast from that era. And it's just honestly, as you say, like a dumpster fire. Absolutely terrible. And so the plot with Joshua Jackson's character, he's meant to be the love interest. He's a bit of a villain and we find out he's a womanizer. So not only do we have homophobia, we have misogyny in this as well. And then this leads Judy Greer, whose character is, I think she's meant to be a little bit of a Gail Weathers type in this. I think it's a really bad knockoff Gail Weathers role. She's meant to be in love with Joshua Jackson's character and that's why she's killing people. She's basically killing off anybody else he slept with and she wants to be the one for him. Again, this just does not age well. I mean, why are these beautiful women going to be fighting over this man? He's not exactly the nicest of characters either. He's very sleazy. There's nothing really that redeeming about him. As I say, all the, all these people I'd normally like, just no. And as you say, when you compare Christina Ritchie's performance in Yellow Jackets, which you guys haven't seen Yellow Jackets, come on now, it's on Paramount Plus. Sign up. You won't regret it. It's an incredible show with so many twists and turns and it's dark as fuck and it's great. But you see her in that and see how much potential she has an, as an actress and you just think what a disservice Cursed was. I mean, the fact the movie is called Cursed, the movie was essentially cursed. It's, it's just ironic, really. Yeah, it was just destined to be a massive disaster because there were too many fingers in the pie. The Judy Gray, Joshua Jackson love interest plot where it is 
actually the fact that Joshua Jackson pretty much dumps Judy Greer's character, sends her off on this murderous spree by basically having given a werewolf STD. So he's had unprotected sex with Judy Greer's character and now she has got werewolf DNA in her. So she is tearing people apart. Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. There is I didn't a... know werewolf sperm could uh, yeah, exactly. Can't be the traditional way of transformation. Absolutely. I mean, can't you get for goodness sake. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a stupid plot development and it doesn't work at all. It just makes Judy Greer's character look even more of a psycho, which on the one hand, yeah, I guess if you want to have somebody go psycho, have them go totally psycho. Judy Greer, in 2014, this is what she said in an interview. She said, I don't know why that movie got so fucked up. I don't understand it. I thought the script was fine. Honest to God, I didn't get the big deal. I don't know who kept making them fuck with it. We shot the movie for like seven years. I think they said we had four movies worth of footage. It was so fun, but so weird. I don't get it. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, you and me both, Judy. And they did keep going back and reshooting things, even when they'd almost got it done. There was one point where they shot a second version of the movie, and then they went back and reshot 20 days of stuff, and then went back and reshot another 10 days of stuff. What was going on on this production? By the end, they guessed that the final budget for this movie was somewhere in the region of 90 to to $100 million for this sort of movie. That is absolutely insane that they wasted that amount of money on a movie like this. Because if you showed somebody this movie and then said, guess the budget of this movie, if they would guess it, they wouldn't be anywhere near $100 million because it looks like a decently mid-budgeted horror movie. It doesn't look cheap, but there's nothing to make you think that they've spent an, an astronomical amount of money on it. And if you said to somebody, right, whatever you've guessed, this movie cost $100 million to make, you'd think, what the fuck did they waste the money on? Reshoots, different cast, all of that stuff, faffing about, firing people, hiring people. I mean, even the second lot of effects people, they got Kurtzman Nicotero Berger to redo the effects that Rick Baker had already started on. That stuff doesn't appear in the movie either. It just ends up being shitty CGI, which doesn't work and doesn't add anything to the movie. It takes the suspense out of the attack sequences because the werewolf stuff looks so terrible. The transformation at the end of Judy Gray's character into the werewolf, it's so bad. It's so bad. Christ, I didn't remember how bad the werewolf stuff was in this movie. It's utterly terrible. They should be ashamed of themselves for putting this on screen. If the transformation of the werewolf is so bad, have it happen off camera. Don't stick this in front of the screen. And it's like, this is the big moment in the movie. Because it isn't the big moment in the movie. I was thinking, this is awful. I would rather not have seen the transformation than somebody just turns up as the werewolf rather than go through this terrible computer-generated shit. And the death of the werewolf absolutely fucking nonsense because after judy gray's werewolf character has gone round attacking people for what seems like the best part of three hours the climactic <laughs> sequence is so drawn out the fight goes on for absolutely ever it's like please fucking stop this and when they finally 
sure down with her. The way that they kill her off, there's a lot of cops turn up with guns. And the way that they kill her character off is that they start insulting her. They say, well, she's got a bony ass, but big thighs or something. Again, it's just like just throwing in. Yeah, body shaming. It's just, just oh, yeah, cool. yeah it, none of it is cool. It's just like, let's just be horrible to people. And the fact that they're horrible to her character makes her werewolf form come out and sort of give them the middle. I mean, I like the fact that she comes out and gives them the middle finger. That's probably the bit I like in this movie the most because it's the funniest bit. It only lasts for like a second and a half. But the fact is that she's been lured out. She's this psychotic killing machine. But she's lured out by Christina Ritchie and Jesse Eisenberg. It's almost like, oh, you smell. And then she comes out and then the police shoot her full of holes. There you go. That's your, well, that's your first werewolf dead because there's another. They can't even be bothered to have just one climactic showdown. They've got fucking two. So the last half an hour of this movie is one showdown followed by another showdown. And neither of them are any good. And both of them go on for absolutely ever. And there's no excitement and there's no suspense. And the gore is very brief. And I just got to about 80 minutes in this movie. And it's only, what, like like 97, isn't it? And I got to about 80 minutes and I just thought, right, I've had enough of this. I don't care about the other 17 minutes of this movie. I'm so fucking over this that I don't care what happens after this. Like, one werewolf's dead. Clearly, they need to do something with Joshua Jackson's character because he's still around and he's kind of the alpha werewolf. But at that point, I was like thinking, just roll the credits and I'll just make the rest up. I really don't want to see another showdown. But oh, no, no, they've got to go back to the house and there's got to be another fight. Jesse Eisenberg has got to come into his own by climbing around the ceiling and stuff. And there's lots of people getting thrown around into walls and through things. And it's so boring. It's so boring. If you thought the first hour of this movie wasn't any good, wait until you see the last half an hour. It is a masterclass in how not to do an action horror movie. I was so bored with the last half hour of this movie. It is total and utter shit. It absolutely is. I mean, I was with you there. I was really losing interest. I start glancing at my phone or playing a game on my phone during a movie. You know it's not going to grip me. I just could not believe how terrible this was. I was going into this thinking, oh, I bet it's all right. Like, I think it was all right last time I saw it. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one to cover. And I mean, it's an interesting one to cover for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) You just feel so infuriated with the production company for just getting so involved in this where they had no business getting involved. And I I would just love to know what made them think that the original cut was just not adequate enough, that they had to keep going back and making more of a mess of it. And I doubt the actors even knew where they stood with it all. And I'm even wondering now, going back to this terrible homophobic dialogue in it whether Kevin Williamson had just given up by then I mean I don't know whether he wrote it deliberately to make them look bad or whether he even wrote it whether that could have been somebody else by this point I don't know because I just can't see him lowering himself with that tone his writing is smart there's no denying it we all love Scream it revitalized the horror genre without Scream I don't know what kind of state horror would be in by now because that was the movie especially in the mainstream, that was the movie that we just needed to kick horror up the arse. And 
it's smart it's quick witted it's clever it's just got so many layers to it so many interesting characters it makes you empathize with the characters he is so good at what he does and then we get this and you're just thinking what the actual fuck and as I say, I do remember hearing about this movie for a long time. And I think I remember hearing that it had got canned and then reshot and hearing about that. And it just sort of went off the radar for me until I must have found the DVD and thought, oh, yeah, I remember being interested in trying to seek out this film. With hindsight, you just feel so sad because you want to know what the original footage entailed. And I, I would love to see some clips from what they originally shot just to get some context because... I'd love to know if it was better acted, if it, you know, was more thrilling, if it was more exciting, if the characters were better written. I just I just want to know. I think it's one of those things that I hope they do release some sort of extra footage for it because this final product, I just don't understand how anyone could put that to Sally Lloyd and think, yeah, this is the one, this is the movie, because it's just got nothing going for it. And it's, you know, of a time where this kind of movie, this is my generation of horror, this is my era, and this could have been something that people would have been talking about for years to come. Like, they potentially had a modern-day American werewolf on their hands with this, if they played their cards right. I mean, they say, Rick Baker, I mean, what the fuck? They fired him? They fired the master of werewolf effect? I mean, you're doing something wrong there, but all I have to say is, fuck the Weinstein Company. Suck you, Bob Weinstein. Yeah, they certainly did everything they possibly could to make this movie the experience it is today. It doesn't feel like a Kevin Williamson script. It definitely does not feel like a Wes Craven movie. There is so much about it that does not feel like Craven had a hand in any of this. I don't think it was his fault at all. I don't think it was Kevin Williamson's fault. As we've said, I don't think it's the cast's fault. It's just a huge mess. And when you've got this amount of talent, that makes it even more infuriating that it was a huge mess. And I don't think it did particularly well when the critics got hold of it. Yeah, it made a bit of money, but it didn't make a huge amount, considering they spent $100 million on the movie. I mean, it would have had to done pretty fucking well at the box office to get any of it back. Just one particular review the san francisco chronicle said cursed is a third-rate effort with a weak script cheap looking effects and no genuine frights absolutely there's no atmosphere there's no tension it's not doing what a horror movie's supposed to be doing you're literally meant to be scared out of your seat but you're just going through the motions with this I can't even recommend this as a tame horror movie to use as a gateway into the genre because it's just bad in all ways. I can't even recommend it as a bad movie night recommendation either. It's just one of those films that is just terrible in every way and there's just no joy in it. It didn't bring me any joy and it is a slog to watch. It's a slog to get through. And it just jumps. It begins and it establishes a little bit, but then everything hits you at full pelt. We're into the werewolf plot quite quickly before we've really got to know anybody. And then it just goes from there. and interestingly the main characters the principal characters in this they don't actually fully transform into werewolves anyway so we haven't got something akin to american werewolf where we've got a female spin on it i mean that could have been quite interesting having a similar plot thread as american werewolf but turn the tables on it but no this movie 
is very very misogynistic very stuck in its ways like stuck in the past it's just not a great viewing experience and i just was actually stunned and i know that many of the actors involved in it have been vocal about their experience and they've not held back on it i don't feel too bad slating it in that way because i know the actors probably feel exactly the same way it's just disheartening if you were on a job and it was just a complete waste of time a waste of time and money and energy I just can't imagine how that must have felt for everybody involved. And for a viewer and a fan of horror and a fan of werewolf movies, this is honestly one of the worst horror movies of all time. I mean, if I had to do a list right now of the worst horror movies ever made, not in a so bad though good way, but this would probably be near the top at this point because, as I say, I cannot remember it being this terrible. Wow. That was just an experience re-watching this. Yeah, I was stunned at how bad it was, especially as the previous time it had just gone by me. Having watched it now and concentrated on it, it's insulting. It's insulting to its audience, and that is not a good position to take. The thing that it taught Wes Craven was, don't take the money, because Craven was going to do a version of the movie Pulse, and that was ready to go, but they wanted to push Curse through, so they shelved Pulse. And to sweeten the pot for Craven, they paid him double his salary that he would normally get. And Craven kind of went along with it at the time, and then got to the end of it and said, that is the last movie I'm doing for the money, because that was not a good experience. But I don't blame him for taking the money. And at the start, I guess there was some promise in the project. It didn't work out that way. It's not a great thing to have on your filmography, but I think that I can discount it as a Wes Craven movie because I've said doesn't feel like a Wes Craven movie. It's had so many people faffing about with it. People have reshot bits of it. He wasn't on set for some of the inserts and the reshoots. So I think that it is a Wes Craven movie in credit only. If he would have had free reign on this movie, you would have got something rather different than what you ended up with. There's very little in this movie where I think I can see his flair, I can see the sort of way he's built suspense. None of that's there. If you look at the rest of his movies, this is so far away. Even the Wes Craven movies that don't quite succeed are far better than this. And the directorial flair and the touches, they're not here. So... I don't really think you can count this as a Wes Craven movie. I'm certainly not. I'm counting this as a massive fuck-up on Miramax's part. Yeah, it feels like a knock-off Wes Craven movie, if that makes sense. It's like one of those really bad scream knock-offs that was trying to emulate the success of what had come with the slasher genre, but, you know, using werewolves in it in its place. I mean, that's kind of how it feels. You cannot believe that the people who created the wonderful, perfect horror movie that is Scream, and that's my opinion, I don't care if anyone else doesn't share that with me, but that is my opinion, that somebody could come in and meddle with it. Honestly, this is like, I feel very heartbroken that I've rewatched Cursed. I really wish I'd left it in the past because I can't get over how this situation would have played out for everybody involved and... What could have been a fucking good werewolf movie? We just could have had 
a complete revival of that subgenre of monster movie and it could have been so good and as i said i would just love to have seen what craven shot with it but as the editor patrick lucia had said there's no way they can have a complete cut of it he was unable to film that ending and they were so close and it was ripped away from them and as you say just fuck the weinsteins we we hate them anyway (laughs) weirdly (laughs) enough i mean the test audiences every single version of cursed that went along the line the test audiences were less impressed with the versions as they went along so the original version tested reasonably well and then the reshot one tested worse and then the reshot reshot one tested even worse and then the reshot 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 one tested even worse still so you can't ignore that sort of metric. I know that test audiences do get things wrong occasionally, but if you're presenting them with what's basically the same core idea with tweaks over and over again, and every single time the audience is going, this is worse than the previous one that you gave us, somebody at some point should have got hold of it and said, right, what have we got left of the first version of this? Can we go back to that? Can we do something with the first version of this movie? But they were so far down the track and they've got such different expectations of the movie and they've got different actors playing everything that it just wasn't going to happen. This is a perfect example of the fact that studios don't always know what they're doing. Yes, some of the time they know how to target it to certain audiences and certain bits of the zeitgeist. But at this point, how could you lean over Wes Craven and look what he produced and say, you know what? We could do better than Wes Craven. What place do you have to be mentally to go, oh yeah, Wes Craven, he's only had like three decades of great horror stuff behind him. Yeah, let's have a look what he's done. Oh no, I'm sure that we could do something better than Wes. Yeah, that'll be fine. We'll just do it our own way. We'll wipe the slate clean. We'll do it in a completely different way because it's going to be so much better. You have got to be a fucking imbecile. Oh, completely. They actually did shoot some more footage with Joshua Jackson. They'd actually made his character more layered and had a bit more empathetic backstory to him. And that allegedly tested well with audiences. So what did they go and do? They cut it. Ends up on the cutting room floor. I just don't understand the intention with this, the mindset with it. I just don't understand. I'm just feeling very deflated. And... I just have to say, this could be one of the worst werewolf movies of all time, if not the worst. I mean, I can't say that I've seen every single werewolf movie, but this is got to be bottom of the list. This is honestly one of the worst horror movies of the 2000s, of forever. It's sad. It's dreadful. It's absolutely dreadful. Previous to coming on this podcast, I had a very nice meal and I had a cosmopolitan and I was very chilled out, and I'm just angry now. I'm angry that they made this movie. So they've spoiled my cocktail experience as well, so fuck you, Cursed. Yeah, I think this is one that just needs to be forgotten in the best way possible. It's weirdly got a 5 out of 10 on IMDb, and some of the featured reviews are giving it fairly high scores, like 7, 8... Pretty cool little werewolf movie. A sex grisly horror and gore in this formulaic terror film by the duo. 
Wes Craven gets cursed, they've given it a five. I mean, there's no one really slating it on IMDb if you look at the top reviews, which is quite interesting. Then over to Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 30% audience score and a 15% tomato meter. So predictably, the critics were not on board with this one at all. So, yeah, it's been a little bit of a come down after our first episode where we were raving about an American werewolf in London. This was a kind of interesting choice as a juxtaposition with that. And it goes to show a bit of where we were with the werewolf genre in the 2000s. American Werewolf in London is such a masterpiece. It's it's a tough act to follow. And I think any werewolf movie that came after it, they did have a lot to live up to. And it, it is hard to create something as memorable as that. And this could have been the one. And I think that's what breaks my heart about it. This could have been the one. We could have been re-watching this movie over and over again because it was so good. It had a fantastic cast and so many great people involved with it. But yeah. it's just one of those. We're just going to have to let this one go, sadly. But I really wish if they filmed that original ending, we could have had a craven cut. And that would have been so interesting. I wish I could say to you, I was sitting here now and we compared two versions of the same film and we had a satisfying conclusion because the original cut was great. That's what I wanted to be sitting here saying. But maybe in a parallel universe, the original cut of Curse did get released and this is just a really bad Mandela effect. But unfortunately, it's not the case. (laughs) Yeah, I hope Wes is haunting the buggers who released this. (laughs) It would be poetic justice. Yeah, what can you do with this movie? After having covered American Werewolf last week, the drop-off in quality between that and Cursed is vertiginous. You've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other because you've got something like American Werewolf, which is almost perfect in every way. Yes, it's got some slight flaws, but still holds up. And then you've got a movie 24 years down the line which takes none of the lessons from American Werewolf and just tries to do something that it thinks, we've got this cracked, we can do this werewolf shit. No, you cannot. This proves that you need to have some talent and you need to have a good idea and you can't just throw things at a wall hoping that they'll stick. And you certainly can't keep changing your mind about script and cast and events and gore levels it's just not gonna work if you keep changing your mind mid-movie you are never gonna get something satisfying as an end product and this proves it i went into the start of this conversation thinking yes i really didn't like this movie but i guess there is possibly something there and i have ended it thinking no there is nothing there in this movie i absolutely hated watching this movie and I wouldn't commend people to go see it the only reason that I would get people to watch it is that you won't believe how bad it is yeah it's an experience I think if you're curious enough go for it it's £2.49 to rent on Amazon Prime is it money well spent no but as I say if you want to experience it and see for yourself this diabolical piece of film go for it but i just can't go there ever again i think i just want to put this down as a bad experience and move forward and watch some better horror movies i think that is where we're at with this right now 
I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 113 of the HD Movie Podcast. I have sufficiently calmed down from my anger now, so as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this content and want to keep up to date with our episodes, feel free to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, X and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast. We continue our trek into the world of the werewolf next time. Can we get a movie that is worse than Cursed? I really genuinely hope not. What are we covering next time, Bailey? Next time we are covering a movie that is close in era to Cursed, but from memory I think this one is a lot better and a lot more interesting as well. We are going to be looking at the cult classic Ginger Snaps. Thank God. After Cursed... Thank God, maybe we're actually going back to a decent werewolf movie now than the stench that Cursed has left on this podcast. So we'll get everything cleaned up for the next episode. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Beware the moon. We'll see you soon. The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Haley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bay. You can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podchaser, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean.